You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. But let's go to Ryan McDonough because here is our Odyssey NBA insider. He's joining us on the Roman guest line right now. Ryan, we got a lot of NBA to talk about, including... A really, really fun regular season matchup tonight. The Warriors on the road in Phoenix tonight. The first of two they're going to play this week between the two teams. Uh, One tonight, one on Friday night. Tonight, the game in Phoenix. Warriors are getting two points. Ryan, welcome to the show. And what's your thought on this matchup tonight? Two best teams in the NBA right now. Hey, good morning, guys. Always great to be on with you. And um, these have clearly, as you mentioned, been the two best teams in the NBA. Uh, they're the only two teams to win more than 70% of their games, with Warriors winning nine, remarkable 90% of their games. Uh, Phoenix has won 85% uh, so far. And um, look, I mean, both teams have been on an absolute roll. Uh, when you look at Golden State, their defense has been terrific. Uh, their point differential at about plus 14 is historic. That, that would be um, one of the best, if not the best, in NBA history over the course of a full season. And the Suns, after a one and three start, have rolled the 16 in a row. So I, I expect a terrific game tonight. Uh, I, I give the edge to Phoenix, especially at, at home. Again, winning 16 in a row. Uh, they're healthy. Uh, one of the remarkable things about what Golden State is doing is they're doing it without one of their two best players in, in Clay Thompson uh, and also without James Wiseman. So uh, I think Phoenix at home at full strength has a slight edge. As you mentioned, it's, it's, a, it's a close line, uh, but I would lean toward the Suns, um, you know, knocking off the Warriors and uh, putting themselves right up at top of the Western Conference. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Clay Thompson, James Wiseman close. They're both uh, involved in organized ball right now. How close? Is there an outside chance that uh, Clay and Wiseman could be out there later in the week on Friday when these two teams match up again? You know, that, that seems a little bit optimistic. Um, you know, the, the Warriors have publicly avoided being too specific about a timeline. You know, we've heard potentially around Christmas for Clay, but uh, you're right. They have started playing some five-on-five basketball. Um, the, the interesting thing for me, guys, is I look at those two guys uh, in very different ways as far as how they'll potentially impact the team. Um, first of all, I think when a team is rolling, that any disruption, even a great player like Clay Thompson coming back in the lineup, uh, could throw off the rhythm and there could be a short-term adjustment um, despite you know Clay's two-way talent. Uh, but James Wiseman, as a rookie last year, um, he was you know a, a net negative player. I mean, they, they, the Warriors were a lot better when you look at their advanced numbers with Wiseman off the court uh, than when he was on the court. So I'll be very interested to see how they reintegrate those guys into the lineup. Uh, clearly, this is a championship contender, so I, I think they'll put those guys out there as soon as they are ready and can do so without risking further injury to them, uh, even if there's a short-term bump. They're not trying to win uh, the regular season title. We, we saw Utah do that last year. We saw Golden State do it a few years ago, and they won 73 games in the regular season but did not win the championship. So I think Steve Kerr and that experienced veteran group will put those guys back as soon as they're ready. Uh, again, my, my guess is with Clay, it's closer to Christmas, but uh, there, there's a reason, I think, that they've been keeping it so hush-hush. They don't know, want anybody to really have a very specific timeline um, because from a 
front office perspective, if you do that, and then the player comes back after that that date, that target date, uh, people. The fans and the media, I think, assume something went wrong. Uh, so I, I think teams are uh, usually vague with a player coming back from a significant injury, especially with Clay. Keep in mind, he has not played in an NBA game in almost two and a half years. Tom Thibodeau taking Kemba Walker out of the lineup for the Knicks. Why don't you think that was working? What is your assessment of, of what's going on with the Knicks there? Yeah, Aaron, I mean, Kemba's been on a downward slide, unfortunately, the last couple of years. Um, even going back to Charlotte, I, I believe he had three procedures on his left knee when he was with the Hornets. Um, so that, I think, chilled the trade market a little bit. Um, Boston rolled the dice, and the Celtics did that sign-and-trade with Terry Rozier going to Charlotte and Kemba coming back to Boston. He got off to a, a decent start in the Celtics uniform, but just was never able to stay healthy. Um, so I, I think Kemba is you know, somewhat emblematic of what the Knicks tried to do this offseason with, with mixed results. I mean, they're 11-9, and 7th in the Eastern Conference, which isn't horrible, but in my opinion, they've been about a league average team. Uh, what they tried to do was upgrade offensively, thinking that the, the, the defensive intensity and effort they had last year was good enough and that they maybe would have a slight dip defensively but be a lot better offensively, bringing in Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. Uh, both of those guys came from Boston, and both of whom are offensive-minded players. Uh, it hasn't worked out great. And I, and I think um, you know, at the 20-game mark, as a, as a former executive, uh, that's about the quarter pole of the NBA season. You have a pretty big sample size now to evaluate from. And uh, I think Tom Thibodeau, looking at the numbers and um, you know, watching Kemba for 20 games, thinks the team is better with him uh, you know, out of the lineup, especially when they have other guards uh, like Derrick Rose when he's healthy and even Alec Burks, who are net positive players. So I'll be very interested to see how this goes. Uh, it may be a situation where Walker's out of the rotation for a while and then needs to wait for another injury or uh, you know, COVID protocols or something to get back in the rotation. But um, the Knicks do have you know, a couple months at this point to uh, continue to evaluate the situation. And then um, you know, if, if Kemba's not playing, uh, I don't think there'll be a very ro- robust trade market for him at the deadline. But they do have until the second week of February to try to figure out whether he should remain as a New York Knick or whether he's going to try to find a new home at the deadline. Ryan McDonough, Odyssey, NBA Insiders joining us here. Ryan, seven wins in a row for the Milwaukee Bucks. They've clawed their way back to fifth in the Eastern Conference. Their point differential, third in the conference now. Um, have they figured out their issues? What's been the biggest difference here? What's been the difference between the, the Bucks' last seven games versus a very you know, choppy start to their uh, season as defending champs here? Yeah, I think it's really hard to, to repeat, guys. I mean, keep in mind, we're coming off another short offseason. Uh, Milwaukee went to six games of the NBA Finals. Those were obviously hard-fought battles uh, throughout the playoffs, especially with Brooklyn and the Eastern Conference semifinals, and then obviously with Phoenix in the NBA Finals. Um, and, and keep in mind that Chris Middleton you know, was, was out of the lineup for a while. Um, so now that they have their big three back and healthy, uh, you know, obviously Giannis, who's arguably the best player in the league, uh, Middleton and Holiday, uh, Grayson Allen has really you know, fit in well uh, in terms of his shooting ability. Uh, he's been one of the more efficient players in the league. Um, Pat Connaughton has been rock solid off the bench for these guys for a couple years in a row now. Um, so I, I like their talent. I like their depth. I, I had no concerns um, you know, that the Bucks would, would be one of the best teams, probably the best team in the Eastern conference again, especially if Kyrie continues to sit out for Brooklyn. Uh, so Milwaukee's doing exactly what I expected them to do. Uh, keep in mind, guys, the, the way they started this year was not too different from how they started last year. A lot of people forget that. Uh, I think Milwaukee was you know, 11 and 8 or something like that to start the year last year before taking off. Um, this Bucks team will be fine. In fact, as, as I look at the Eastern Conference, I'm less concerned about the Milwaukee Bucks than anybody. I expect them to be playing for a conference championship and likely representing the East in the NBA Finals if Kyrie Irving does not return to play for the Brooklyn Nets. 
Uh, with Odyssey NBA insider Ryan McDonough, this is uh, BetQL Daily. And uh, also later tonight, Ryan, we've got the Lakers and the Kings. And the Lakers, they're always a big story. Uh, road favorites tonight, it's four and a half. And what's interesting about the first 20-plus games with the Lakers is they have the worst against the spread record in the NBA at 7-15. and 15, And they have the number one over record. They're 14-8 and eight, uh, to the over, hitting at 64%. And we saw these teams on Friday play to a triple overtime. Uh, if you want to go p- big picture with it, with the Lakers and how, how things are not working so far this season, that's fine. Or uh, this specific matchup tonight. You bring up a number of good points. Uh, the Lakers were my pick to represent the West in the finals before the preseason started. And then when I watched the preseason, all the concerns that others uh, had about the Lakers that I had at some level uh, really showed. The, the, the lack of um, you know, defensive flexibility, uh, a, a mismatched roster with not enough shooting, uh, a few traditional centers in DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard who were uh, past their prime and don't space the floor at all. And then Russell Westbrook, um, you know, who teams dare to shoot and really can load up on LeBron James. James and Anthony Davis uh, and AD is having a historically bad year shooting the basketball. So I say that not to pile on the Lakers, but I certainly understand why through their first 22 games, they've been very disappointing, not only to Lakers fans, but to betters as well. Um, you know, I, I don't see a quick fix here, but you know, one, one thing tonight though, where I'd, I, I would, you know, put a caveat in there. Sacramento is only three and seven at home. That's one of the worst home marks in the league. Uh, the Kings have actually been better on the road than they have at home. So uh, this is a tough one to me as far as individual game picking. De'Aaron Fox uh, has really underachieved this year. Um, you know, so I, I think it'll be a close game. I think Sacramento could pull the upset. Uh, I expect a bunch of points to be scored. Um, but, you know, big picture, I don't see the Lakers' issues being fixed anytime soon. And even putting my executive hat on for a minute, I do not see an easy trade path away for the Lakers to trade their way out of this and vault themselves back into that championship contender tier on the Western Conference. I, I like the two teams we discussed earlier, Phoenix and Golden State, a lot better. And then, uh, you know, some of the other teams above them in the West, like Utah uh, find their stride. Um, you know, if I were to stack up the championship contenders in the Western Conference, I'd have the Lakers fourth or fifth at best, and maybe even lower than that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is your take on the Pelicans? Valanchunas has been playing very well, shooting 52% from the th- from the three this season. He leads the league in double-doubles. Um, have you been impressed with him? 
yeah, I thought that was a really good move for New Orleans. I, I, I certainly get why the Pelicans made that move to bring in Valanchunas. Uh, I, I think you'll see his impact, Darren, even more when Zion Williamson returns to the lineup. And I think that was one of the biggest issues with last year's Pelicans team when they moved them, made the move for Stephen Adams. Um, you know, their shooting and floor spacing was really poor. I mean, with, with Adams and Eric Bledsoe on the perimeter, who's not a great shooter, I just didn't think there was enough space for Zion. So I, I think what they'll do when Zion is healthy and back in the lineup is in, invert their offense a little bit, meaning uh, Valanchunas will be lifted uh, out above the three-point line. He hit seven threes in the first half last night. So uh, clearly he's developed into at least a, a solid, if not a very good, shooter for a center. Um, so so I, I look forward to it then. Uh, but overall, yeah, a weird team, a weird year. They got off to a horrific start. Um, without Zion, I thought they'd continue to struggle for a while, uh, you know, after going 1-12 and and then 3-16 and uh, out of the gate. Uh, you know, we look up over the last week or so, they've won three of their last four games, uh, some against, you know, pretty good opponents in Washington, Utah, and L.A. So I'm not really sure what to make of this team. Uh, I think the short-term goal should be just to, to keep afloat and hang in there, um, stay within striking distance of the play-in range, and then hope that when the great Zion Williamson gets healthy, he can vault them in the second half of the year. I, th- I think that's a possibility, but, um, you know, they need to get Zion back in the lineup relatively soon, and they need to make sure they don't lose touch with the rest of the Western Conference. And right, will Zion have... lose a little weight as well? <laughs> well, that, that, that's been something that, that's been controversial, Aaron. You know, the, the, the guys who've been around the Pelicans will tell you that he, he's a bigger guy. His body fat measures, when, when they actually do that, are pretty good. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think from a, an injury maintenance perspective, uh, you know, him playing at, at one of the lightest weights of his career, maybe the lightest weight of his career, uh, would be, would be um, you know, prudent, not only in terms of, you know, for his play on the court, but, again, from pre- preventing injury. Anytime a player gets injured and it's a stress, uh, repetitive stress injury, you want that guy to come back lighter to put less wear and tear on his joints. Ryan, I know we had you on before the season. You mentioned the Utah Jazz, a team you, you really like in the Western Conference. And it's interesting just watching how it's playing out right now. I mean, there's the two teams that are playing tonight, Golden State, Phoenix. They've asserted themselves as the top two teams. And then you go from, like, Dallas, the Clippers, Minnesota. You have a bunch of teams between 10, basically 10 and 11 wins, between 4 and 10 in the conference. And then there's the Jazz, that they're at number three. They're better than those other teams, but they're not quite as good right now as the top two teams. Do you still consider Utah – uh, a team that could come out of the West? Do you think they need to make a trade to get on par with the Suns and, and with the Golden State? Well, what's your thoughts on Utah, a team I know you like before the season? Yeah, I mean, they, they got off to a terrific start once again this year at 7-1, and one, kind of what I anticipated. Um, since then, you know, I, I think they're just, what, 7-6 and six in their last 13 games. And, and some of the losses they've had this year are not losses they've had in the past, especially last year when they were rolling, uh, losing to teams, uh, you know, like New Orleans, who's obviously one of the worst teams in the league, uh, depleted Indiana team, a Memphis team who really struggles defensively. So uh, I've been surprised the Jazz have not been the consistent regular season machine we've seen in years past, especially last year. Um, now, that being said, I, I think they still have the talent um, and the depth. Uh, Rudy Gay came back you know, after missing the first couple weeks of the season. Um, so I, I, I like the Jazz. I wouldn't sleep on the Jazz. Um, and I'll, I'll remind everybody, it's easy to forget, but the NBA season's not won in the first quarter or third of the season. Uh, teams often get off to great starts and then fade along the way. So. Odyssey NBA insider Ryan McDonough. Join us there on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoma.com slash Becuel now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoma.com slash Becuel. Come on next, Lightning Bets, right here on the Becuel Network.